for Thursday, August 19th, 2021. This is Did You Wash Your Hands? We're a podcast from WABE, answering the questions everyone's asking during the COVID-19 pandemic. I'm health reporter Sam Whitehead. Today, the top doctor at Georgia's largest hospital thinks the current wave of the pandemic could keep growing, eventually to the size of last winter's surge. Some people are thinking that this wave will peak middle September to end of September. So if that does occur, we may not reach those levels, but I think we are at risk of that. Dr. Robert Jansen, chief medical officer of the Grady Health System, joins me to discuss what the surge looks like from inside his healthcare facilities. That's next. At a time when information continues to come at us faster and faster, sometimes you need to hit pause and rewind. NPR's Throughline takes you back in time to the source of the news stories filling your feed. Find NPR's Throughline wherever you get your podcasts. You love free, and at Ameris Bank, so do we. That's why we're proud to offer worry-free, hassle-free Ameris Bank free checking. Manage your money your way with convenient access to digital, mobile, and telephone banking, all with no monthly service fee or minimum balance requirements. At Ameris Bank, we're with you. For more information or to open an account, visit our local bankers in person or online at amerisbank.com slash free checking. Other fees such as overdraft fees may apply. Ameris Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. The world has changed from shifts in power to a mental health crisis. So with all this social change, how do we balance the human desire for empathy, the business need for productivity, and the hope to make an impact in our community? This is a new podcast, The Social Impact Leader. I'm Jeff Schinnebarker. Join me as we explore people doing work a little different. Available every Wednesday at wabe.org forward slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. W-A-B-E. The current wave of the pandemic could soon be as large as the one that swamped hospitals this winter. The Grady Health System, which runs Georgia's largest hospital, Grady Memorial in Atlanta, is nearly seeing as many COVID-19 patients now as it did in January, says Chief Medical Officer Dr. Robert Jansen. He's with me now to discuss what the health system is facing and where things go from here. Dr. Jansen, thanks for talking with me. My pleasure. I'd like to start by having you describe for me the situation that y'all are dealing with at Grady Memorial Hospital and across the Grady Health System with COVID-19 patients. My understanding is that uh, things are pretty busy for y'all these days. You know, we are in the midst of our fourth wave of COVID admissions. This started really about six weeks ago, and the rate of admissions now is not quite as high as it was during our peak in January, but approaching that level. We are currently averaging about 12 admissions a day. During the peak in January, we averaged about 15 to 16 admissions a day. So we have currently over 100 patients admitted to the hospital with COVID. We're seeing between 20 and 30 patients or so in the emergency department every day concerned they may have COVID and probably diagnosing 20 or more a day. And not all of those, of course, require admission. Some of those can be sent home once they've been diagnosed. And talk to me 
about the kind of patients you're seeing and maybe how that has changed now that we have a vaccine in the mix, which we didn't necessarily have widely available during the kind of winter surge? So a lot has been made about the fact that the patients being admitted right now seem to be younger than they were in the earlier waves. And to some extent, that's true, particularly if you take into consideration the early experience with COVID where we had so many patients admitted from nursing homes that we're not seeing now. So we are seeing more patients who are in their 40s and 50s, some in their 60s, but we are still seeing you know, older patients in their 70s and 80s that require admission. So even though the patient population requiring admission is somewhat younger, I think that's in part driven by the fact that the nursing home patients were impacted early on, and most of them have been vaccinated now. So that is helping protect our nursing home patients. However, what we are seeing for patients who require admission are primarily unvaccinated uh, younger people, which is discouraging because we know that vaccines do work and they do help protect people, A, from infection, but also B, if they do happen to get infected, protect them from severe illness. So what we're seeing is the result of a lack of vaccination in the community to a large extent. I want to dig into that number a little bit more because I've heard thrown around, you know, Governor Kemp said this week upwards of 90 percent of hospitalizations were in people who were unvaccinated. I've heard numbers from federal public health officials that say it's higher than that. So can, can you break down that kind of number for me for Grady? What percentage of patients are you all seeing who do require hospitalization who are not vaccinated? Of the patients who were hospitalized, 90% of them were not vaccinated. And of those who were vaccinated, another 5% were not fully vaccinated. So 5% were fully vaccinated, 5% were partially vaccinated, and the remaining 90% were not vaccinated at all. If this is the situation as it stands this week, how did we get here? I think a lot of people probably feel like I do, like we've got a little bit of whiplash. It seems that things have really deteriorated pretty quickly in the last six weeks or so. What has this experience been like for y'all at Grady? Well, I think whiplash is a good description for what's happened. I think people took a little bit of false comfort during the earlier part of the summer when the numbers really did decrease. But even during that period of time, if you had looked at what was happening over in the UK and the rest of Europe, you saw increasing numbers. And we call that the Delta wave. The Delta variant is much more infectious and it is what we are seeing now in our community. And we could have anticipated that um, when we looked at what was happening overseas. The thing that we had hoped that we would have a higher vaccination rate before the Delta variant reached the United States, and that did not occur. When you have low vaccination rates and then a, a virus that is much more transmittable, this is what you get is a, another significant increase in infections and therefore hospitalizations. I know that each day we learn more and more about each different variant of this virus, but what are y'all seeing at Grady about how Delta affects patients differently than other strains of the coronavirus? So from a people who are requiring hospitalization, I don't really think there is a big difference in terms of the severity of illness. I think what you do see is 
there is a little bit less requirement for hospitalization of those people who have been infected by Delta. But I think that's more driven by the fact that it is a younger population. The younger you are and with fewer comorbidities, then the less likely it is that you will require hospitalization. But once you are in condition that you require hospitalization, the severity of illness that we're seeing is, is pretty much matches what we've seen in the past. It is you know, largely respiratory, but also GI. The other thing that's interesting when we look at the patients who require hospitalization, particularly those who are older, are mental status changes, which we saw in the earlier waves as well. And so it, it does seem to impact elderly people a little bit more with regards to you know, neurologic uh, symptoms such as confusion, not eating, dehydration. But this is really not a whole lot different than what we've seen in the earlier uh, waves. I want to dig into something that you said a little bit earlier that maybe we could have been a little bit better prepared for Delta. Were vaccinations the real only tool in our tool belt to do that? Were there other things that we could have been doing as a community here in Atlanta, as a state, as a country that could have better prepared us for this current wave that we're seeing? Well, certainly vaccinations play a major role. And had we had 75, 80% of the uh, people vaccinated, it would have given us tremendous protection. But obviously, there are other things that we can and should do to mitigate uh, the spread. And those are the things we've talked about from the very beginning. And masking really rises up to the very top of that. You know, during the summer, uh, once again, we took comfort. The numbers were going down. We did not have the Delta variant. People started getting back together. They stopped wearing masks. And then you introduce a, a more infectious Delta variant into that setting, and you start seeing the rise in infections because people were out of, out of habits. They were no longer wearing masks and keeping social distancing. So that plus no vaccination led to increased infections. So you mentioned that you're seeing caseloads that have not yet reached kind of where they were during the peak that we saw at the end of last year, the start of this one. Do you think we'll get there? And what might that look like for y'all? So at this rate, uh, we could reach that. So at Grady specifically, we had 185 to 190 patients who had covid but several of those were over the GWCC. So I think the highest number of patients we had hospitalized at any one time was right around 165 patients. That occurred in January of this year. We are now in the 110 range. That already exceeds the peak that we saw last summer. And we continue to see a significant number of admissions, like I said earlier, averaging about 12 a day or so. And if that continues, we could reach you know, those levels that we saw in uh, January and first part of February. Some people are thinking that this wave will peak middle September to end of September. So if that does occur, we may not reach those levels, but I think we are at risk of that. And just to clarify, the GWCC, this is the Georgia World Congress Center you're referring to. This is the convention center that I think twice during the pandemic, Grady helped stand up a kind of field clinic there. Right. The, the state had sponsored the formation of a sort of field hospital, if you will, and it was in the World Congress Center. So we called the GWCC. And Grady played a role with regards to providing services for that. It was staffed 
by services that the state had brought in. At one time, we were using that a lot. We had between 20 and 30 patients from Grady at the World Congress Center. Of course, that's not available now. And so we're all looking anxiously as these numbers go up. This is Did You Wash Your Hands? I'm Sam Whitehead talking with Dr. Robert Jansen, the chief medical officer of the Grady Health System, about the current wave of the pandemic. This has been a hard summer for a lot of people because the hope that we were maybe turning a corner has been dashed. I wonder how Grady's healthcare workers are doing at this time and how the system is doing with staffing. We had news this week out of the governor's office that the state's going to dedicate $125 million to help hospitals here in Atlanta and all over the state with staffing. So talk to me a little bit about the kind of current situation with your staff at Grady. So let's talk about our current staff. Our current staff is courageous and they are continuing to do a great job taking care of this now fourth wave. They are tired, they're discouraged. It is disappointing that we are now dealing with another significant increase in COVID patients. And although we know how to take care of them, it's no longer that scary unknown that it was The patients that come in with COVID are very sick. They require a lot of care. And it's pretty well known that some of this could have been avoided had we just had an increased number of vaccinations in the community. So it's a little discouraging from that perspective. They're tired. They've been doing this now for, you know, 18 months or so and cannot see an end uh, in sight now in that obviously takes its toll psychologically. The other thing that we are experiencing, and this is not unique to Grady, is a lack of staff. During the pandemic, we've all struggled with having adequate staff. And we are really suffering from the result of a decades more shortage of nursing. And this has just exacerbated that situation. And then compound that with the pretty significant salaries that have been offered for people to travel to other areas in the country as well as actually within Atlanta. And you can't blame people who are able to to travel to go somewhere else and make more money. So not only do we have a shortage, but we're competing with each other for scarce resources. And that puts a strain on us as it does on all hospitals. And it puts a real strain though on those staff that are still here providing the care because They're having to pick up the uh, extra load to take care of the patients. Where we are in the pandemic, 18 months into it, facing a a surge that I think a lot of people didn't necessarily think would come around, what would you like to see from state officials with regards to our state's response? The state of public health emergency is long expired. Governor Brian Kemp um, has declined to put any more restrictions in place, anything like a mask order or a vaccine mandate. Are those the kinds of things that you think would still have an impact at this point? Or once we're in the middle of a surge, is it really kind of too late for a public health intervention to take pressure off a facility like Grady? I don't think it's ever too late to take measures that will mitigate the surge. So, you know, whether the government comes out and tries to enforce masking or or vaccination, whether people do it on their own to me is is something that 
you know, it's a debate I can't get into. I would like to see employers, but more importantly, I'd like to see people in the community, you know, reinforce the value of masking and reinforce the value of vaccinations. Because if we don't achieve good vaccination rates, we may go through the Delta variant, but there'll be another one that comes along. The nature of viruses, such as the coronavirus, is to continuously mutate. So the fewer people who are vaccinated, the higher the number of infections in the community, the higher the probability of another mutant uh, will evolve. And that could be as infectious or even more so. So the things that we know work can not only help us emerge from this current you know, surge, but prevent future surges. And I think that's what we have to consider. It's not we're going to have Delta and then the coronavirus is going to go away. COVID-19 is here and it will continue to evolve as long as it can continue to infect people. It seems like the Biden administration is going to recommend a booster dose of mRNA vaccine for individuals who got a two-dose regimen of a either Pfizer or Moderna vaccine. What do you make of that news? I know we're still kind of learning details at this point, but is that surprising to you? Is that something that you think will have an impact? Well, it's not overly surprising because we've seen Israel do that um, already. What we don't have is really good data on how uh, successful that will be in protecting people and whether they even need the additional dose. We know that in people who are immunocompromised, a third dose should be beneficial because they did not have as a robust a response to the initial vaccine. For those people who are normal who receive the two doses of vaccine, we don't have good data on how long that immunity lasts. It does make sense that as the Delta has uh, emerged, the immunity from the earlier vaccine seems to be diminished. So in theory, a third dose could be beneficial from that perspective. But I don't think there's adequate data out there, you know, right now, one way or the other to say it's absolutely going to be required. I don't not support it because I think if you can increase immunity, that's a good thing. I'm more concerned about getting the people who have not been vaccinated vaccinated than I am right now about getting a third dose into those who are willing to be vaccinated. You know, we have enough vaccine to do both of those, though. I think a lot of us, if you um, would have asked us six months ago where we'd be, we wouldn't have predicted here. So what is your kind of vision for where things head next? So I think what I'm seeing is now finally uh, another increase in vaccination acceptance. And to me, that is what is going to determine our, our future success. You know, as I said earlier, viruses mutate. Viruses are going to continue to do that. And the only way to bring it under control is to stop infections. And the best way to do that really is through much wider acceptance of vaccinations. If we don't do that, then you know, my fear, and I think the fear of, of a lot of people would be that there'll be another variant that emerges, and we don't know what that's going to look like. And the more times you have variants emerge, the higher probability of resistance to previous vaccination and, and severity of illness, all those become unknowns again. So the more we can get people to accept vaccination and the higher rates that we can get, the more protected we as a society will be 
from the ravages of this disease. Dr. Robert Jansen is Chief Medical Officer of the Grady Health System. Did You Wash Your Hands is a production of 90.1 WABE Atlanta, where ATL meets NPR. WABE's managing editor is Alex Helmick. Scott Wolfel is Chief Content Officer. You can reach us at washyourhands at wabe.org. You can find all our episodes in your favorite podcast app. That's also where you can leave us a rating and a review. That really helps other people find the show. And you can find more stories on the coronavirus pandemic at wabe.org slash coronavirus. If you haven't recently, now might be a good time to go wash your hands. I'm Sam Whitehead. Thanks for listening. From WABE Studios, the podcast where they read stories is a new children's storytelling podcast featuring notable Atlantans and performers reading classic and contemporary children's books. Each episode contains a story meant to entertain, inspire, and inform young listeners. No screens required. The podcast where they read stories features adaptations from both chapter books and picture books. Join us at wabe.org slash stories podcast or wherever you listen to podcasts. W-A-B-E.